This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again tonight. And as this week, we have, this month, we've been talking about denial. Today, we're going to wrap up this program or the theme for the month. And we're going to look back a little bit to the guests that we had and also encourage you, if you missed any of those, to get the podcast. Gert Moerman spoke to us um, the previous two times. Spoke to Frederick. And yes. so I'm so glad to have Suki <laughs> back with us uh, this, uh, today. Um, she had been ill and uh, she took a little bit of a break. Mm. And uh, Gert and I were speaking about um, the denials that were in his life and at what point uh, those changes started uh, when he actually broke denial, mm. broke away from denial. And for him, there was an instant uh, realization that Jesus Christ had removed his alcoholism. Mm. And uh, what was so good for me, Suki, was that it didn't mean he didn't have to do anything any further. Mm. So from that point, he... From the point where he realized uh, he he has to break away from denial, he started attending AA and uh, NA, and through those safe communities, he was able to uh, get victory over his alcoholism and mm. his drug addiction. Mm. Mm. Wow, I'm so sorry I missed that, but I'll be sure to listen to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Frederick, maybe for those listeners that missed it or um, just let's just talk a little bit again about the word denial and what it means. Mm. What can we say? Denial is really refusing to accept the reality in my life. Mm. And to live in the truth of yeah. what re what is really happening. Yeah, we don't, we're not able to live in the truth. And, um, you know, when we are in denial, I'm also not able to live for today and in today. Why do you say that? Uh, you know, because in my addiction, it's always what I've done in the past and how bad it is. And I promise that I will never do it again. And it's about it, the future. Yeah. And mm. in the future, I, I, I wonder, am I going to do it again? I've promised I'm not going to do this again. Mm. But there's a fear. Mm. So, so denial brings regret and it brings fear, fear of the future. And then it keeps us from living in the truth of today. And it sounds strange, eh? Because we're all living with realities and we think we live in reality, mm. but actually we are quick to escape reality. Yeah. And there are many things that we use to escape that reality. Um, We've often talked about uh, cross addiction and um, how that if we would stop one addiction, it will flow over to another. And, um, and we, that is when we try to use something else to cover up, to medicate the pain, the hurts and the hang-ups that we experience mm. and the addiction. Mm. The it's addiction is actually a coping mechanism. Right. Mm. And and fantasies is going into a fantasy world where you are totally removed 
from the realities and the truths. Mm. 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 Wow. I think um, often as children, we grow up in denial. As If I think about, you know, my, my dad was an alcoholic. I think we've often spoke about this in this program. And But I didn't even know that, you know. I just thought it's normal because that was the only normal I knew. Mm. So, you know, I didn't think that was anything strange about our family. I thought we were a happy family. And I know in counseling, when I ask people about their pasts, um, then it's often people with very troubled pasts. Mm. But when you start mm. talking about their childhood memories, they will tell you, I had a very happy childhood. Mm. 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 And, you know... I think for myself, I re I knew that I wasn't in a healthy family, mm. but there was that deep denial that said, "I really want a, a nice, a healthy family, not with a father that's an alcoholic, mm. not with a mother that has cancer." Um, I really desired that normal mm. family. But if if it's all you know, many mm. people just think that is normal because they don't know anything else. Yes, yes, yes. Especially yes. when they're young. Maybe when you're older, you realize it's not maybe what you wanted. Mm. But so often we we struggle a lot more with living in reality than we think mm. that we do. Mm. Especially in the world today. Yo, Frederick, we live in diff harsh realities, hey? Mm. With after the pandemic, some people still struggling with with COVID yeah. and the after effects of COVID or long long term effects of COVID or people that had lost loved ones mm. part of COVID. Mm. Also, the economic situation in our country. Um, you know, if you think all the floods and KwaZulu Natal and what people are struggling, it's hard. I mean, mm. um, the petrol prices that keep on going up. Uh, we are all flooded with harsh realities mm. from day to day. And sometimes we just want to escape. Yeah. And we often hear about people, and I think we're also guilty once or twice, to to watch too many series on Netflix, mm -hmm. um, to fall into those holes. And actually that is to get out of reality, right? Yeah. And with that, we're not saying it's wrong to watch a movie, it's wrong to watch a series. Of course, as long as you don't feed yourself trash, which sometimes we do, mm -hmm. because the Lord wants us to focus on what's good and what's loving and kind. And sometimes when I watch a series, I think, how can this be loving and kind? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if there's no conflict in a story, there's no story. <laughs> but um, if we keep on exposing ourselves to those things, mm -hmm. um, and we keep doing that, evening after evening after evening, we're not living in reality. We're escaping the reality of our life. And, and Suki, it's not only watching something on whatever uh, format that you are watching, mm. but it's also uh, getting lost into social media mm. and connecting, connecting with friends. Um, so maybe on uh, one platform, one may have thousands or hundreds of friends, mm. but you've never met them face to face. Mm. So you're actually in a fantasy world of friends mm. and thinking, I have all these friends. On Facebook. On Facebook, for example. Or Instagram. Yeah. Followers. Mm. Yeah. And um, they actually are not really intimate close friends mm. that you can be vulnerable with right. uh, because you often we often share the good things that are happening in our lives and uh, what we would want to and what we desire mm. and and that's an escape from reality 
I'm also thinking about a shopping addiction or maybe not even an addiction, just a habit mm. for people, especially women are, I think, guilty uh, when we struggle to to go out and just to go shopping. Mm. And then sometimes not to admit the reality that you cannot afford it and to mm. do things on a credit card. I mean, we were guilty of that for years. Mm. Um, not because we, we didn't think we could pay it back again, because we knew we could pay it back again eventually. But but that kept us locked into that habit of getting paying a lot of interest on the credit card. Mm. And it's so easy. I mean, if you don't have the money, you've got the cash. You can see how that money is getting less, right? Mm. But if you've got the credit card, you don't see the balance. You don't need to pay it now. It's very easy not to live in the reality of the fact that actually you don't have money to buy that stuff. Yeah. And especially women, we feel good <laughs> when we buy something beautiful and it you know, it kind of takes us out of the reality and the struggles of life and it helps us to feel better. But that's also denial, isn't it, mm, Suki? Exactly, and that's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, it's a denial that we don't have the money. Uh, there's that vague idea that we actually have a lot of money and uh, we can spend. Mm, that there aren't limits mm, when it mm. comes to what we, what we can spend. You know, Sukhan, you know, we're talking about all these um, forms of denial and denial that we can go into. And denial is really a stealer of intimacy. Mm. Because if I'm in denial, um, I, I'm not able to admit that to God. I'm not able to confess and to lay my hurts, my hang-ups, my habits before the Lord. Because that is intimacy. We see how intimate David related with the Lord uh, through his Psalms. When he was angry with his enemies, wanting God to take vengeance and to strike them down, he was sharing his deep, intimate feelings and, pain, and thoughts and pain, anger, everything. Frustration. He, was, he was laying before the Lord. Very, very intimate mm. relationship. And it also breaks our intimacy with our partners mm. because our partners see, hmm, she's spending a lot of money, says the husband, and that affects the relationship. Mm. And there can become judgment and mm. resentment and uh, bitterness and, uh, and real struggle in the couple. Mm. Um, yeah. For the couple. He might be really upset and she says, no, we... It's no problem. We can pay this off. Um, yeah, and we really need this. Mm, uh, and, uh, mm. you know. and he says, you don't need another new dress. <laughs> you have many already. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that is. Hey? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, this denial thing is a very tricky, subtle thing hey, mm. that influences us a lot and that keeps us locked in sin, like we said before. Let's take a quick break and then we will talk more after that. Welcome back, listeners. And uh, in our program for this month, we were talking. We are talking about denial, to so that there can be change. And you know, um, someone can easily be in denial of their denials, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, they say, "No, I am not. I'm not in denial." Or, mm, yeah, there may be a little bit. So you know, we are talking about. A level of denial. Mm. You, you could have a, a level of denial, say, three out of ten. Mm. And admitted one thing and little things, oh, there may be a problem. Or it could really be, man, this is an enormous problem. 
I really need help. I can't help myself. Eight or nine out of ten. Or the other way around, because eight of nine out of ten seems like you really think you don't breaking have a problem. Denial. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> eight or nine out of ten is breaking away from denial oh, okay. and saying, I really have a problem and right. I, need, to, I yeah. need help beyond myself. And then what steps are a person prepared to take mm. that is part of breaking away from denial? Can you talk a bit about that? Suki, breaking away from denial um, very seldom happens only as an individual. Mm -hmm. um, if I think back of the time that I um, had to face that I have an addiction and start breaking away from denial, it wasn't just a once-off thing because it was at that point that I started uh, uh, own fix and a quick fix and uh, read this book or that book um, then I had to get to the point where I broke away from denial in the, in the fact that I can help myself. Mm. So there's another level of denial that had to be broken, mm. is I can fix this myself. I had to get to powerlessness. Yeah. And it takes a long, long time, right? Mm. Even to completely break away from it and completely get freed from the addiction. It takes three to five years, mm. I know, just mm. to change the the pathways in a mm. person's brain. So all through that time, there's some, some sense of denial where yes. a person doesn't want to acknowledge where, where you are. Frederick, but before we get deeper into that, um, I was thinking about um, alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Very often um, an intervention is needed mm. where mm. Um, mm. a professional person will come and the family will come together and tell this problem that he's got a uh, this addict that he's got a problem, especially if it's a maybe a substance abuse, mm. um, a drug addiction, or whatever, because it would be so difficult, just about impossible for one person. Like before, in other programs before, we spoke about how I um, came out of my denial and I started rocking the boat. But in a problem with some substance addictions, also like alcoholism or maybe drug addictions or gambling, the person might be so deep and that one person cannot bring that person to reality. Mm. Where more people, where an intervention is needed. Um, and in an intervention like that, a professional person will often get the family together or maybe even people from that person's um, a, a work manager or someone that mm -hmm. will come in mm -hmm. and to talk. Because often um, the addict will think, well, I still have a job, so mm -hmm. what's the problem? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, don't, I can be clean between nine to five and doesn't realize that from, from five to nine, mm -hmm. is, the person is everything but clean and the mm -hmm. effect that it has on the times when that person is at work because yeah. it would affect that mm -hmm. person, right? And how it affects the intimacy, their relationship with their partners or with those closest to them. Their family members. The family members. Because often the drug, the addiction, the person has, the, the, the addict, the person struggling with the addiction has their greatest relationship is with, this, with the uh, uh, substance with of addictions. choice. Yeah. So their relationship is with the ad addiction, not with people. Mm. So mm. often... Uh, the, um, people in the family are suffering because this person is disengaging. This person is not part of that, part of the family. So, Frederick, 
what I remember is that I had grown up with my dad that was an alcoholic. He was mm. not involved in the relationship at all. Mm. He was sitting there with um, with his glass on a specific chair, very passive and not part of the family. Absent. Absent, very absent. But in when the addiction started causing you to be absent, I didn't realize it. Mm. Actually, mm. In our relationship, you were absent a lot, even before the addiction became a problem. Yeah, before I, it was revealed. Yeah, I thought, mm. this is just a, what men are like. Men are like that, you know. They're not very present and they're not really involved. They mm. just do their own thing. So it took me a long time before I realized that it was a problem. Yeah. Before yeah. I could break um, out of my own denial. Mm. Um, but like we said, so then for the whole family to come together sometimes is necessary for an intervention. and uh, But I really want to encourage people that are in that stage, if you think that's what needs to happen in your family, that you will speak to a social worker, you will need help mm. for mm. this because there's a specific order, there's a way to do mm. that, to help this person. And often um, the social worker or the person from the addiction center and then make very, very sure that it's a good center, that that you make sure that you get references because all Christian addiction centers are not necessarily good centers. That's mm, going to help mm, you with mm, recovery. Mm. To um, Where the person will come and with your family have an intervention and straight after that, the person will be taken to a treatment center. But Suki, why is it, you know, I'm thinking, why is it necessary for a family or a group of people to do an intervention, and it can be for substance or a process mm, addiction. Exactly, and uh, it is often that the addict is a functioning addict. Exactly, often uh, a high functioning addict. Very high functioning, it could be. And in other words, they don't drink at work necessarily, and uh, they are one of the best workers. Mm. Uh, nine to five. They as go you to said, church on Sundays, yeah, and uh, everything looks. Perfect on 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 the outside, mm. um, but it's those hidden things yeah. uh, like Adam and Eve were hiding, um, and it's because they are so functioning. Um, even if I think of myself, mm. when my addiction wasn't as severe as what it developed into, because an, an addiction is never the same. It increases in frequency and severity. in severity. Mm. So. Before that, I thought it wasn't a big problem mm. and um, it wasn't affecting my work. Mm. Um, I was still able to function and that helps the denial, mm. um, to stay in denial. And mm. that is why even when you, uh, my spouse, my dear wife Suki, was telling me there's a problem, I couldn't really uh, understand that that is a problem. And I think that is often... The case with functioning addicts mm. is that when their when their partner tells them they have a problem, they just say, "But I don't." Mm. Um, there's deny no it. problem. Yeah. They deny that they just, a problem. They just deny it, <laughs> right. and that is why there's a group of mm. people with a professional mm. among them mm. to help that person break the denial. You know, I remember in the times when you were high functioning in your the early stages of your addiction, because like you said, it's just a process. Mm -hmm. You were only acting out like once in six months or so. Yeah. And you were on the worship group. Mm -hmm. You were worshiping at church. You were a worship leader. 
Mm. Um, leading Bible studies. I mean, of course, we were on the mission field. We were very busy with these things. Mm. And uh, I mean, a person would say, why do you say that? I mean, I, I read Bible every day. You had quiet times, I mm. remember. It's not like you were praying. You really asked God to help you. Mm. So it's not like, it, it seems very normal. You were running. You were doing exercise. Mm. So um, it's like what you say. It's only in the latter stages of the addiction when it when it becomes more evident and it becomes easier to see that the person has a problem. Yeah. But mm-hmm. of course, you rather want to help that person in the early stages of addiction because it's easier to rectify the problem mm. if it hasn't gone so far. Isn't that so? That's right. That's, it's easier to bring in change. And um, there is really a need to break denial so that there can be change. Mm. Change in our relationships, change in our intimacy, and I just see how, um, you know, once I obtained sobriety from the, the porn and, uh, and porn addiction, there were some deeper rooted character defects that the Lord is busy changing. And it's I'm still, so, gra- I'm so grateful that God is busy changing mm. those character defects. And um, not all at once few at a time, one at a time, but he is busy working in me to break and to change to uh, to an intimate person mm. uh, with greater intimacy. And, and I think that is what we want the listeners to hear, Suki, mm. is that breaking denial means that there's hope mm. and that there is a truth. possibility of change mm. because we are living in the current truth and reality. Mm. Reminds me of the verse that says, the truth will set you free. And that's really true. Mm. I mean, mm. when you're out of denial, you accept the truth. And yeah. then you, you're in a process of becoming free mm. from that mm. addiction. Listeners, it's been such a joy to talk this whole month about the topic of denial. It's such a powerful thing. And I, I was amazed to see how much we could say about this topic. Mm. And I think we could still continue. But I really want to encourage you, if you missed any of the programs, Gert uh, was a wonderful speaker, and he gave us deep insights. So if you're struggling with denial or you wonder what to do, um, go to those programs, uh, go to one of those podcasts and Mm -hmm. refer it to some of your friends that you know, um, family members maybe that are struggling with an addiction, that um, they can get the information that they need and the courage and the hope to move forward and uh, to break free from shame Mm. and guilt Mm. and denial so that the truth can set them free. Absolutely. What a wonderful privilege, Suki, to know that Jesus can take us out of denial Mm. and into his freedom. Mm. Um, He can restore us what the locusts have eaten, mm. even though it will take a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that's what we talk about in our program is reality uh, restoration and redemption in the face of addiction. Mm, and mm. so, listeners, there is hope. And please get to our podcasts and or please write to us what your experience has been and, mm. and share with us what you are experiencing at Frederick uh, Without the Sea, Suki at kpulpit.co.za or go to the podcast, it's kpulpa.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into me see. Until next time, listeners, God bless you and keep you. Amen.
This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.